2: Today on Irishman Running Abroad, the greatest of all time, Sonia Sullivan recommends her favorite running books of all time. Later on, we'll be joined by the top physical therapist, Vinnie Mulvey, to talk about the dangerous period in injury return or injury recovery, where you feel almost back to yourself. Re-injury during this phase is a massive problem. Vinnie will be here to give us the checks and tests that you need to make absolutely sure that you're able for what you're about to ask your body to do. We'll also have to ask him about his favourite books. We might get those out of him. Sonia, you're over there in a snowy Portland. When did you get the news that Sinead Diver had finished 12th in Valencia and claimed this unbelievable time of 2 hours 21?
0: Well, I actually watched it, believe it or not, last night. Did yeah. I was out um, at a little Christmas party Um It was a fun thing. It was called a white elephant. I don't know. Have you ever heard of one of those? No. So everybody brings a gift and then you do a draw and you get a number and then the first person has to pick a gift and then it goes around and you have your numbers and then the second person goes and they can either pick a gift or they can steal the gift from the one that was opened (laughs) if they like it. (laughs)
2: I've never heard of this in my life.
0: So you can steal a thing twice and then... (laughs) Or you pick and choose, and so but so the theme last night was everybody was to bring their favorite things. So you just had to bring something that you really liked mm. that you wanted to share with everybody. Yeah, and and so there was always a little bit of a story behind it and everything, and um, so that was quite good fun. And um, I was home actually before midnight, and then I was just going to bed, and I thought I'd check Valencia, and I didn't realize I forgot that being eight hours behind Ireland, actually nine hours behind Europe. Mm. And so when I clicked on and the marathon was, it was going for about an hour. Perfect. And then I realised I could get the live stream and then I realised I'd get the live stream with English commentary.
2: (laughs) Happy days.
0: (laughs) And then I was hooked. And it was amazing because the men's race and the women's race... Went off at the same time. At the front. Yeah. Well, they all went at the same time. But the leaders, it was actually... As much as, you know, the aim down there in Valencia is to run as fast as you can. And let's in that Giddy, who you shared the road with up there in Larn. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was the same
2: road. We weren't sharing it. it just, <laughs> 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 you were following in her footsteps. Exactly, anyway,
0: yeah. <laughs> Except the little bit at the end where she had the easier. Yes, exactly. You. Lest and we that. forget.
2: <laughs> she didn't have
1: to run that hill.
0: But she was chasing the women's world record of 2.14. 04, I think it is. And they went out at like flying pace, 67, 67, just over 67 minutes. They were at halfway. Wow. And um, she actually got beaten. So it was yeah. a very exciting race at the end. It was a really great race. And then I realized then I was also tracking the you could track the times of the other athletes in the race. And I knew Sinead was running
2: mm.
0: and um, she went through 70 minutes at halfway. And I knew she was going after the Australian record, which is 2.22. And the Irish record is also 2.22.
2: Right, yeah, Katrina McCarran's. Um, yeah.
0: Yes, exactly. So I think the Irish one may have been a little bit quicker even.
2: 2.22.23, um, it says here.
0: Yes, yeah, so Sinead, she ended up running 2.21.34, uh, I mean, which is amazing. It is amazing. You know?
2: And every headline oh, yeah. that carries it will talk about her age. But like, like, where does that, how does that stack up to you in terms of what the achievement means, just regardless of the age? Like, the age is obviously the icing on the cake, but this is just phenomenal running, regardless of anything else.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, in running years, Sinead is very young Mm. um, because she only started when she was, I don't know, 33 or something, I think. So she's probably at the peak of her running ability at the marathon right now. So it doesn't really matter. And I think it doesn't matter now. A lot of people would say, oh, what if you started when you were younger? What do you think you would have done? But I think now it doesn't really matter because everything that she has done in the marathon, finishing 10th in the Olympics. um, She was right up there in the World Championships. She's placed in the marathon majors. And now to, you know, finally achieve probably the biggest goal she's been chasing all her running life and break the Australian records. and also Irish record for Irish-born person, for sure. Mm. You know, it won't, it won't be in the record books, but, you know, we all know yeah. she's the Irish woman ever. To run yeah. a and, she,
2: and she proudly says it, that she's an Irish woman abroad running for Australia. I obviously bumped into her last week at the house in Teddington when I was over doing shows. She was there just as I was arriving. And I asked her if... Uh, how the how the lead up was going. You're always very careful, I'm sure you know the feeling where you don't want to you don't want to annoy people with questions like, how's it going? How's the preparation? But she was she was really honest that she'd had a nightmare preparation for the Commonwealth Games, got COVID in the lead up, and by comparison she said this was absolutely perfect. Now this would have been the perfect spot, wouldn't it, for me to throw to a clip of me talking to Sinead Diver in the house in Teddington. <laughs> but I wasn't about to do that either. She was getting ready for bed, getting an early night, and it all paid off. I'm just so bloody happy for her. Congratulations, Sinead. And also congratulations to loads of our, our club members, including Jantastic, who went over there and got a PV herself. Uh, shout out to everyone who was down there giving it a lash. Uh, we'll go through those in Round the Parishes. But it, it's not the worse spot, is it, Sonia, to talk about your first book selection, a book I hadn't heard of. It's called How She Did It. Stories, advice and secrets to success from 50 legendary distance runners. Now, did you did you know this book was being made before you were asked to be part of it? Or uh, was it just a totally out of the blue you got an email about it?
0: No, I got an email about it. um, So
2: I knew, you know, it
0: was coming out before it was published. um, And I got an email. It was a good few years ago. Maybe two years ago. Mm. <laughs> two or two, three years ago. It seems a good few years ago. Those are a long
2: two years, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> it was. And um, so it was Molly Huddle and Sarah Slattery. So Molly's, she's a, a two-time Olympian. And Sarah, um, also, I, I she didn't run the Olympics, but she may be on the World Championships. Two-time she was
2: NCAA a, champion. Yes. Yeah. So she
0: was, would be very well known in America. You know, in, in America... You're w- more well known for being an NCA champion than anything else. Mm. I think that's on my, the plaque that I have at Nike, you know, they say I'm a um, two-time NCA cross-country champion and there's no mention in the word cross-country at all. <laughs> <No way>. <laughs> 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 which, which anyone who's like non-American thinks it's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. That's right. What's an NCA champion? <laughs> but anyway, so this book was all about, it was really a book designed to inspire young athletes and and there are so many young like high school athletes over here in America. I was at a, a cross country race on Saturday and it was a Nike Cross Nationals it was called mm. at the golf course here where Nike they literally bring out athletes from different regions around the country. They fly them all out here boys and girls, put them up, kit them out and then they have this like race of the best of the best of the whole country of
2: I've watched this. Yeah, young I watched it on high Yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. A, a high school uh, kind of all star weekend.
0: Yeah, so the market for a book like this is perfect in America, but it's also really interesting for young athletes all around the world because they have included a few international athletes, um, myself included, and maybe maybe I wonder it'd be interesting if all the international athletes in there were once part of the NCA. Is it Paula parents.
2: Radcliffe is in there? Um, oh, well, Paula didn't go to the NCA no, no, There's an example of one you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, who are, who yeah. are some other names that are in this? And then tell us what, what kind of... because que- it's standardised. They ask everybody the same kind of questions to see what the answers are across the board.
0: Yeah, well, they ask you, you know, a little bit about your personal best, um, your background, how you started running, um, the type of sessions that you used to do, typical weeks training. And just any kind of secrets or little tidbits of advice that you couldn't share mm-hmm. and that might help some young athletes, you know, or inspire them, you know, give them, you know, not everybody was super fast or a great runner when they started. And just how you evolved and developed into becoming, you know, a champion athlete of what, whatever level that you get to. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I saw Molly Seidel is in there as well. Some of them are active athletes, are they?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good to have some active athletes in there because it's a very um, evolving kind of, um, I suppose, the athletes that young athletes can relate to. Mm. It, it changes all the time. I think when I was really young, I used to have these books, a book like this, and you, I don't know if you've ever come across these books, when I was growing up, you'd have a book and it was a book about saints. And they have all the saints in there.
2: I know, the ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: The ladybird books, you know. And um, I used to love reading these before I would go to bed at night because it's a short little story. You learn something about someone and then, you know, you you can read it chronologically, go one after the other, or you can skip through and you can read your favorites Mm. and then you can go back and read others. And I I think everybody has a, a different story to share and it just shows you you know, that's not everybody to be the best. You don't all have to do the same things.
2: Yeah, there's a thousand ways to skin this cat. And what I yeah. love about this book, when I you know downloaded the sample and had a little flick w- was exactly <coughs> what you said there, that some of these running books are tomes. They are fully deep dive books that you have to trudge through in a lot of cases. Now, obviously, there are those that will really grip you and you won't have that sensation, but you certainly don't have this. If you're a busy person, this book that Sonia's mentioning, How She Did It, is perfect because I just don't find I have the time at the moment to sit and read for long stretches, but this does give you that kind of serialized, I'll grab a bit of info out of this book while I'm on the loo or in traffic or something on a bus. It's a great book. It's available everywhere, Audible, Amazon, and it covers Everything from chronic injuries to fueling. And as you said, the sessions that these women do talks to nutritionists, sports psychologists and trainers alike. It's something else. So that's our that's our first recommendation there. And I throw in one from me here, which isn't a running book, but it is the book that changed my life. I don't know. Do you have a book, Sonia, that you go, that's a book that was really important to me uh, in the early part of my career? Yeah, there wouldn't have been books. too
0: many books back then. I don't think. Yeah. No, I so, don't. I,
2: yeah.
0: I don't remember reading too many books like that. I mean, I often would read compilations of books. Of I actually, used to read the community games. You know, the book of results from years gone by. Really. <laughs> You'd be looking up at who did what, and you know, way back when. And it, yeah, how could I do that? A little grey sports was,
2: almanac kind of for the community. Yes, games. it was. Yeah.
0: It was. It was more of a history book than. You know, an actual storybook. Um, But, you know, it's little things like that that you can relate to, I think. And, uh, Mm. you know, you kind of make you believe what you can do. And they just set little targets for you. Yeah. I think when you
2: you read about people like that. Well, I obviously got my American books through my brother who was in Kentucky and still is in Kentucky during the 90s when Rick Pitino was the big University of Kentucky head coach. The man wrote a book that I believe changed my life. It's called Success is a Choice, 10 Steps to Overachieving in Business and Life. And it sounds as cheesy as you could imagine a book to sound. Rick Pitino, he's a he's a New York Italian guy, very sli- exactly as you would imagine him, it's slicked back, hair on the sideline in a perfect Italian suit. But I swear, Sonia, no more than when you started getting those sessions, I can't remember the name of the man who gave you the sessions and explained why you were doing them. This book made me understand why I should do my homework. Uh, I definitely was a slacker until getting this book, and I've recommended it to so many parents who are having difficulty motivating their kids. As Rick Rick Pitino's uh, strategy of over-preparing so that you can relax on game day really, really rocked my world at the time. So much of these books like that are just so, so patently obvious. Uh, But then when you read them, they can just strike you at the right time. Your book, How Did She, How She Did It, must contain that kind of level of knowledge that just might just speak to young athletes, right?
0: I think so, yeah. I think there's definitely stuff in there that young athletes can relate to and you kind of see, you know, a really good athlete go through the different stages in their career from like high school athlete to then a college athlete and then to go on and to run internationally mm-hmm. and how they develop and change over that time. And, you know, some athletes probably need it more than others. And and you'll find, you know, watching even these cross-country races on the weekend that sometimes the people who win these races, you know, they will, they'll, compare the times that they run to other athletes who've gone before and sometimes it's a bit of a curse nearly to win these races Mm -hmm. because you look back and you see some of these athletes and you kind of think oh wow they were really good in high school but you know they really struggled to go on after that because the expectation is so great whereas you have these other girls who are kind of battling along behind and finishing fifth and sixth and happy to be in the top 10 And so they're kind of in range. And so they can work away quietly in the background without anyone putting any pressure or expectation on them. Mm -hmm. And often they can kind of rise to the top in the later years because they're just progressing at a nice rate rather than I'm the best in high school. So now I automatically have to be the best in college. And there's a weight of expectation.
2: That, That must be fascinating. Those that weren't like you. Like you were a standout star at a young age, winning national cross-country championships early. It must be fascinating to read about the lives of these women who, like Sinead Diver, started to realise that this was possible when they were told for an awful long time it wasn't.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, even they didn't even know that this world existed, I think. So I think... I think for Sinead, I think she was just at such a level where, you know, she was mature enough when she eventually realized that she had to train at a different level that she was going to get to another level. And so she's able to make these decisions, you mm-hmm. know, about changing coaches, about, you know, her family life, like there's so many different things that she has to organize her work life, you know, to make different sacrifices and then to weigh up, you know, what's more important to me. And, you know, it's a lot of time, commitments, you know, and when you're settled in a family life, it can be difficult to do that because you've got to, it takes a lot of time. Like she was, I listened to a podcast with Sinead recently and she's running up to 200 kilometers a week. So, well over, you know, 100 miles a week, which, you know, was the kind of benchmark back in the day. Yeah. and um, So, you know, she, and she's got herself to a stage where her body can handle that amount of training Mm -hmm. and and that's the level that you need to be able to do to be able to compete at that level now
2: well uh, but the body being able to handle it is is the thing and as we've discussed in our last uh, few episodes uh, that side of thing avoiding injury later on in life and returning from it is another part of our discussion today as well. And Vinnie Mulvey is going to jump on the live line and talk a little bit about this period where a lot of people are, have a little bit of a niggle, come back, feel like you're ready to go and then just maybe ask your body to do a little too much. Do you know the window that I'm talking about here?
0: I do. It's where you're kind of about to leave behind any of the kind of cross training you've been doing and even the exercises you're doing, you're nearly kind of easing out of them. And yeah. you really need to hold on to them for a little bit longer.
2: Mm. So
0: you're transitioning out of all these things I was doing to keep myself occupied, to keep myself busy, to feel like I was doing something. And now I feel like yeah. I can get back to this, you know, lacing up my shoes and running out the door.
2: Right. And, well, let's let's you
0: know, without a thought in the world.
2: Exactly. And that's the that's the joyous place we all want to be at. Let's bring Vinnie Mulvey on the line and have a chat with him about this.
1: Talk to Joe. Jar on eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. I was I was actually laughing. I s Charlie, you put a video up on Instagram of you with your twelve year old son up on your shoulders. <laughs> yeah. And every I'm sure everyone was looking at that going, Oh, that's great, that's funny, and I'm t- <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> he thought it was back here or something
2: oh listen man i will tell you sonia Our family tradition is to pick mikey up and i fly him around the room and he places <laughs> the star on the on the tree while i sing we're walking in the air and this is the first year that i was like there is not a hope that i'm carrying this lad above my head so he pops up on the shoulders and i swear my back was like i could feel you know you should not be doing this, Jar. (laughs) This is a bad idea. Uh, And then he starts a course, he starts lollygagging and he's like, I can't get it on the top of the tree. I'm like, put the fucking star on the tree. (laughs) 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 But I've survived it. I survived it. Vinny Mulvey joins me. Vinny, the miracle worker Mulvey, as I call him, because this man has got me. (laughs) There's an introduction for you. I, I, I really wasn't too sure Vinny how long it was going to take to get back running but you've got me you've got me back out there and we thought that we'd bring you in because Sonia and I just discussed the the difficult little period that I'm in here where you almost feel like you're ready to run 10k but you're not and there's some kind of there's some kind of over eagerness or hubris that can creep in here are you well aware of this being one of the most dangerous periods in terms of injury recovery
1: oh yeah I mean, he, as an athlete, first of all, I, I was I've been there loads of times as I'm sure Sonia has. As a therapist, then you know, it's my it's my job to make sure people steer their way out of that without hurting themselves. Yeah, you texted me, I think that was yesterday, to say, geez, I feel like I could go for a ten K run today and I admire the eagerness and that's great, but you, you really just have to keep a lid on things. That's that's the important thing, you know.
2: How hard is that, Sonia, to get that through to people? Because, like, obviously both of you have lived it over and over again. How hard is it to just kind of convince people that, no, just slow down, just just give yourself some extra time here? Yeah, I,
0: I think the key here is that you have to just focus on yourself and not be distracted with what other people are doing. And, you know, kind of wanting to jump back in again with other people, mm. which is very tempting because, you know, it just... It's always so much nicer when you can meet other people and go for a run or, or you know some loops that you want to do and you want to get back out there and into your normal running routine again. So yeah. I think it's really important to just kind of stick to the plan and to, you know, take the days off that you're supposed to take off and to, you know, only run as far as you're supposed to run and then try not to run faster than you're supposed to run. So there's all mm-hmm. these restrictions on you at the moment. Yeah. You have uh, to pull uh, and- back.
2: Yeah, and Sonia mentioned, Vinny, the, the exercises that, like, no doubt people will have been prescribed. And yeah, I guess you this must be the bane of your life, where people are given the exercises, and once they're running kind of normally, they go, oh, fuck that, I don't need those exercises anymore. But yeah, in fact, yeah, now is the, the time that you need them the most, probably.
1: Yeah, you 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 really need to hammer them into you, like, you know, those, those few days a week that I, I told you to do them, and you need to... You need to be doing them even in April. Doing the merit. like you, we're really? gonna bring it, up. we're gonna bring it on a bit. We're gonna progress it a bit. Obviously, the exercises I gave you are fairly simple, but that's where you're at, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. You're like it is, all runners do that. We 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 suddenly we're out for a few ten mile runs or something, and you just forget about that stuff. You you know you forget. It, it, that's the thing when things are going well. You can't forget about the little things, do you know, right. whether it's nutrition or sleep or whatever, do you know.
2: Well, well, let's just talk briefly about the three exercises you gave me, because, Sonia, you said when I sent you them that you went, I I actually need to start doing these myself. The three, Vinny, are first one is a single leg glute bridge. Yeah. The single leg glute bridge is one that I just never done. I'll be totally honest with you. <laughs> I've done right. glute bridges, but I think it was just a part of me that went Nah, I'm <laughs> not doing that. Right. Uh, when in fact I could feel in it, this is an underused muscle that's not built up. We could actually feel my body going, what are you doing? Should everyone be incorporating single leg glute bridges into
1: whatever strength and conditioning they're doing each week? Well, that's a very hard question to answer because I don't know everyone's background, you know, And, and but... Look, all things being equal, yeah, they are a great exercise to do because if you think about it, when you're when you're running, you're never on two feet ever. Mm. You're all you're always just on one leg. Like so, you you want to you want to kind of start with two legs, whether it's squats or blue bridges or calf raises or whatever it is. I I would always recommend you start on both, and then you progress to single uh, as quick as you can, because uh, in reality, weight, which is important. Now I know it's a moment you're just not there yet, but that's where your, that's where your head is um, because you need that. You know, when you're running, it's not just your body weight and Sonia will notice, like, it's not just your body weight that you're carrying every time you land, like it's, there's forces involved as well Mm. Um, and you know, it's, up to three, four times your body weight when you're landing on one leg, you know? Yeah, and Sonia,
2: you've an exceptionally high kind of bounce to your run. Uh, Has that, like, was that always there or was that something that... Because now people do talk about this quite a bit, this getting air in your stride is a great way of remaining or running well and remaining injury-free.
0: Well, I think if you have a nice kind of spring in your step, which you can tend to lose when you get a bit older. And so when I was on my run this morning, now I was running in the forest and I felt like I was just kind of plodding along in the trails. And then I dropped down onto a more firm trail and it was kind of gradually downhill. And I could really feel like I was flying along. And actually, as I was running down, Isolt O'Donnell came towards me and she said, oh, hi, Sandra. And I didn't even see her because I was so engrossed in like, just feeling good running, you know? like moment,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you just kind of get to that point where it just feels really good. And Mm. it it can take a long time to just warm up into that. And sometimes it takes a bit of slow running at the start to slow you down, to warm you up into it. And then all of a sudden you've got some good surface and you can go for it. So I think in a way, maybe that's a natural kind of running style that I have. And, you know, not all the time now can I maintain that because it takes a bit of energy to do that. Gotcha. Um, but when I'm actually feeling good, then I can get to that point And you just you feel like you're gliding along and it's really nice. So that's yeah. why I think with some of these exercises, like the, the bridges, the kind of clams where you're opening up your glutes, some of these exercises can be great warm up exercises so yeah. that, you know, you're not then taking longer to warm up into your run. Um, and gotcha. you know, we're all in a rush yeah. to get out the door. If you can kind of get those five or 10 minutes before you go out and just engage the glutes, get them to activate, um, to get the hamstrings, the hamstrings activate or the glutes. The glutes are the main thing. The glutes are the ones that really need them to to engage everything else to to work properly rather than just going out there and, you know, plodding along for 20 Mm. minutes before you actually start to feel good.
1: I was just about to say, yeah, one of the other exercises I gave you was exactly what Sonia is describing there. It's basically just an activation exercise for your glutes before you run. You know, that that dropping one.
2: Yes. So this looks like you're standing on a step and you're nearly doing a skateboard uh, along the side of it, getting onto a skateboard. One foot is up, one foot is down, and you're trying to raise the down hip up. And you do this 15 times, you said.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they're oh. they're great to do like as a standalone exercise, like I've given you. But they're also great to do just before a run. But maybe before a run, just do like you know two by ten or something, just to fire them up a little bit, hmm. firing up the glutes and, and those um, there's there's muscles in your lower back. People just call them the QLs. They're called the quadratus lumborum muscles, but they're they're called the QLs. You use them a lot when you're running because they control the hip movements, like the the kind of the hip rotating up and down. And um, yeah. if you're firing out those muscles a little bit before you run, you're just telling the brain kind of what you're going to be doing over the next, well, for you at the moment, the next 20, 25, 30 minutes. But, you know, that'll soon be the next hour. You know what I mean? Oh, so I'm
2: very excited about it. Like... <laughs> I want to get your book recommendation off you. Before I ask you that question, though, yeah. I want to ask you how much of a pain in the arse am I to deal with as a client?
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no pressure.
2: <laughs> I uh, don't you, mind. You, you, you tell you, me the truth.
1: You literally are a pain in the arse. That's what <laughs> wrong with, so, um, but no, you, you've 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 been great because you're one of those people that will just kind of. Do what I'm asking you to do, and you'll also question it. You won't just do it blindly, but you'll you're eager. And like a lot of people, I'll tell them to even do simple stuff like ice, and and you know they just won't do it. They're just lazy, you know. <laughs> and, and so you're not you're not like that. With which, so if it must someone is so
2: soul destroying for you when well, you're like I'm giving you the answers. <laughs> yeah, they're if like someone, no. if
1: someone like yourself is going to do exactly like you know, you, you'd you probably walk on hot coals right now or the last few weeks just to run, do you know? If you said so, I probably yeah, would. Yeah, yeah but yeah. that's not that's not what I'm telling you to do. But, <laughs> um, you know, I love that because I'm like, right, this we have a plan here. And I'm purposely not telling you the plan too far down the road because, mm. you know, I just want you to live being in the moment and, and going week to week, you know? Yeah. I, t- I, I think that's a better approach for you.
2: Yeah. And Sonia, I do notice you doing the same kind of thing with me in the past, because obviously, like I see people who are going, yeah, I'm going to train for the Dublin Marathon too. It is dangerous, isn't it, to start too early for a target that's that far in the distance, is it not?
0: Yeah, I think you have to break things down into, well, you said this before, like bite-sized chunks. So Mm. it's like achievable amount of stuff that you need to do and not worry about what's coming further down the track. Yeah. Because if you're training for a marathon, it's obviously going to build up and it's going to be, you're going to be running a lot more and you're going to be out there for a lot longer. So you don't need to be worrying about that while you still not even running an hour. Yeah. So yeah. I think you need to kind of get to the point where, okay, I can run an hour now. And then once I can do that comfortably and feel good doing it and get good at doing it, then I can progress on to the next step. So at the moment, you're just in the phase of just getting yourself In a position where you're able to run at a decent enough level that you can commit to a training program for a marathon. Exactly. Yeah. And then Uh, it's a slow build up.
2: Yeah. And for that reason, I do encourage people to come with me on the journey because this is as close to zero as I've ever started on something. So really, we can build it up together. Just join our Strava group for the Irishman running abroad. Get on board. Let me know if you actually are running the London Marathon. Maybe we're at roughly the same level and perhaps we could both throw on the Irishman running abroad singlet and do it side by side in April. Vinny, your book though.
1: Well, first of all, it depends what you're after with a book. There's people listening to this and so there's, there's instructional books on basically how to run a marathon or how to run a faster five or whatever. There's the autobiographies of which Sonia has one. Yeah, And there's the fiction books, you know, so. But my my uh, favourite autobiography is probably Charlie Spadding's autobiography. Uh, oh,
0: I have that written down here as one of my books. Yeah, that's yeah a great it's, one.
1: it's very good. And he, he was third in the Olympics uh, in the in the marathon in 1984 behind John Tracy.
2: Yes. And, and we've talked about this book on the show. Yeah, but is it Last yeah. to First? Is that the name of it?
1: Uh, yeah, it is something like yeah, that yeah. yeah yeah it is yeah and um if i was gonna recommend another autobiography i'd probably recommend brendan foster's maybe
0: yeah his one is an unusual shape book isn't it
1: yeah and it's and it's, it's a bit of a book it's a bit of a cult classic as well i think yeah. it's hard hard to find as well but um yeah, i have it in my very, clinic. It is a so good one. I, I actually have all of these books in my clinic jar so i'll give you a loan of well, tell want.
2: us about the Brendan Foster one given that we've talked about the Charlie Spedding one and I know Brendan is an old friend of yours, Sonia. What makes the Brendan Foster book uh, Brendan Foster and is it Cliff Temple wrote yeah, this book with yeah,
1: him? Yeah, um, I, I just love that it, it, it goes from him kind of running cross country races as a student and stuff and being way back and, and, and just how he progressed. And I I I'm a, I'm a sucker for books that go into detail on the training, you know? Right. So um like I loved Ron Hill's book bu- books. I don't know if Sonia read them. Um I think they're called they're the Long
0: very, They're very detailed then, aren't they?
1: Yeah, they are <laughs> they like they're they're, they're 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 for the running geeks, you know. But um <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Brendan Foster's book I just loved just looking at the training, the weekly mileage, the sessions. And how his confidence went up and how he was breaking the 3K world record and stuff in Gates' head, you know, and he was a fairly ordinary bloke, you know what I mean? And he wasn't into, not that he wasn't into, he just wasn't exposed to a lot of um, the professional kind of strength and conditioning and the nutritionist, you know, it's just, it's just uh, I a ju- different I just, era. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, he,
2: he did win a bronze in Montreal in 76, gold at the European Championships in 74. And his voice is so synonymous with running, Sonia. I mean, some of the clips in our own intro are him. He, I'm not sure, like because there's such a recency bias in sport, that people actually recognise what an athlete this man was.
0: Yeah, I mean, even when I first met Brendan, I didn't really know you know how good of an athlete he was and um, because he was definitely from the i suppose the old era of running where you know runners were tough and mm. they weren't really celebrities they just went out there and did the work and <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: they didn't I talk had too had much about it job, you know and yes he talks about was he working in the post office at one stage
1: yeah yeah night like t- 9 to 7 yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what? and he was working in the council doing jobs in the council and that's kind of how he had the links to get the Great North Run up and running. And he just had all those connections just from not just being a runner, but, you know, being out there in the community and working and meeting people. And you you find a lot of runners these days, they're very quick to be a professional athlete. And that's their only job. That mm. You know, when they do have times, I suppose, when you have breaks in the season or when you're injured, and think they're not going so well, they don't really have anything else in their life. And yeah. so, you know, that's the only thing that they can focus on and worry about. Whereas it's kind of nice if you can switch off and do other things. And, you know, running is your pastime. It's your hobby. It's, it's, it's a part of your day. It's not all of your day.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the book, Brendan Foster, good shout by Vinnie Mulvey uh, there, Sir Brendan Foster, I should say as well. He was knighted and you do forget that the Great North Run, again, just part of our vernacular here, is something that he literally created himself. He just came up with it. Uh, I, I love that shout and I will put the link in the Info for this episode, VinnieMulveyFitness.com is the place to go if you want to get Vinnie involved in your running life. Now, I know quite a few of our listeners have already been in touch with Vinnie. Vinny Mulvey, thank you so much for joining us on the live line. Come on over no, to Patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad and get a special bonus episode with Vinnie himself. Hear about his journey in running over there in our bonus content available for our supporters there and this week you'll of course get Sonia's second, second recommendation and why she recommends it uh, and a huge trip around the parishes to hear how many of you went to Valencia this weekend <laughs> to <laughs> run the marathon <laughs> uh, Vinny thanks a lot
1: You're welcome, you're welcome, thanks guys Good to well, chat
0: to you Vinny, see you. Yeah you Thank too you. I think anybody can be a runner, it just depends on what level of runner you want to be
1: For Sonia O'Sullivan, brilliant run by the Irish girl. O'Sullivan has closed the gap quietly, efficiently, but most of all, economically, and that is important.
0: Running is one of those that you can actually get started without too much. It's probably one of the simplest sports you can do. You really don't need a whole lot. People think they need more than they need.
2: Well, that's an impressive piece of running so far by Sonia O'Sullivan.
0: Yes, I am running, but I'm running because I enjoy it.
2: Sonia O'Sullivan is moving out nicely. Is this to be Ireland's first ever female world champion? Sonia
1: O'Sullivan is on her way to another magnificent victory.
0: Running is a kind of an adjective that you can use to describe a lot of different things.
1: And Sonia O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland and our home city of Cove.
0: It's different for everybody, and I think now there's a much greater kind of acceptance among all levels of runners that we're all doing the same thing, but we're all doing it at our own level.
1: Sullivan wins the world 5000 title. Only the second athlete in history to do the 5000, 10,000 double.
2: Sonia O'Sullivan has rewritten the history books in Budapest this Sunday evening. That is simply magnificent. <laughs> <laughs>